Uh, hopefully, uh, you had a chance to see the video announcement that, uh, that we put out this past uh, week. And if you hadn't had a chance to see it, um, to see it, uh, I gave my um, resignation to the church uh, board um, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we were heading into a time of transition. Man, this is way harder than when I rehearsed it in the bathroom this morning. Um, but we're around, Manifold Family is around uh, for the next uh, six weeks. My family will continue to worship here at Lakeview Church. There's going to be a bit of a space for me as Lakeview figures out what they want to do next and uh, the next staff person comes in. And that's just a standard issue practice uh, in our free Methodist churches. But you know what? I'm going to tell you a lot more about my sabbatical, what's in my head and heart, and what's up next for Lakeview Church in uh, the weeks to come. Uh, because this is not the moment for that. This is the moment to celebrate all the good things that God has continued to do in and through our church community in like the craziest year ever. So, Allison, uh, you're up next. What's up? So, uh, we are so supportive of Joe in this decision. We believe that um, this is the way that God has led him. And we release him with blessing. But I just also want to name that many of us are disappointed because we love Joe very, very much. And um, we also trust that what is good for Joe is going to be good for us in the long run, even though we're in this period of transition. Um, and we also want to name that God is faithful to Joe, but he's going to be faithful to us. And as we've been celebrating 100 years of Lakeview, we've told that story over and over again through our transitions, how God has seen us through, how God has led us, and we trust that God is going to do that again. So I just want to allow you to bring a little bit of sadness into this Celebration Sunday. I think we're all doing that. Um, we can be both sad about Joe's departure and also celebrate what God has done in our community this year. So we can do both things. And that's kind of been the theme of COVID, hasn't it? It's been hard. But there have been um, surprises. There have been reasons to celebrate. And we have learned through this season to both lament and to celebrate. Those, those things come from the same place. So I just want to give you room to do those things this morning. And trust that as we learn to do that, that God will expand us and he will lead us and he will surprise us again. Why don't we pray for Joe and for our community before we launch into this morning? God, we thank you for Joe. We thank you for Sarah and for Ethan and Ella, and we thank you for the eight years that you've given us with them. We pray um, your blessing and your guidance, and we trust your faithfulness for them. And God, we also trust your faithfulness to us as a community. And um, as we lean into this time of transition, we uh, just want to name that we believe that you will guide and direct us. And so um, as we meet together this morning, I pray that as we open ourselves up to you, open up the place of disappointment, open up the place of sadness, that by your Holy Spirit, you would also surprise and refresh us with celebration. And uh, yeah, I pray for each of these people this morning, God, that you would meet them where they're at and that you would unite us as a community as we practice celebration together in your name. Amen. Thank you, and you may be seated this morning. Just to give you a heads up on where the rest of this service is headed so you can track along. It's Celebration Sunday, so like we've done in the past, we've shared stories of the good things that God has done in and through our community over the last season. So we're going to watch the first set of interviews right now, and then we're going to sing and we're going to pray, then we're going to have a second set of interviews, and then we're going to have one more song and a benediction, and that's how we're going to round out our hour here together. But as I introduce this first set of videos, I want to introduce it in this way. We know that we've had a pretty rough year, right? Things have really not gone our way, or at least not as good as they could have gone. But even in the midst of all of that, God has still been good, and there is still so much to celebrate. So our hope for you this morning is this. As you hear and listen to these stories of celebration of God's goodness, God's activity in this past year in the life of our community, our hope is that it would stir your own memories and it would remind you of the ways that God has been good to you over the last 12 months. Because we remember as Christians, and I'll do my best here not to preach, I promise, I promise, I promise, is that our joy 
is not contingent on circumstances. If stocks are higher, stocks are low. Schools are open, schools are closed. There's money, there's no money. Our joy is consistent. Why? Because it's based on who God is and what God has done, what God has promised to do, and the way that God continues to look after us in ways that we recognize and know and in ways that, you know what, we just didn't see. So hopefully these stories will encourage you this morning and again remind you of God's faithfulness and goodness to you and to our church community. Let's watch this first set of stories. Many of our Lakeview families have had new babies arrive during COVID. Our family has three more grandchildren. The ways we usually celebrate babies has been limited. New parents have had their babies without the wider community and festivities like showers and parties. We've missed admiring and holding your babies along with you, but you are not forgotten. Our community continues to support you and celebrate your new children. We miss the life and energy that children bring to our gatherings. We're looking forward to when we can all be together again. One of the ways we have made room to celebrate these new lives is by holding COVID-friendly private baby dedications and baptisms. In November, we had two babies dedicated and baptized, and on April 25th and May 2nd, seven babies were dedicated and baptized. It was so great to see the children running all over the lobby, laughing, hearing them cry and giggle. Oh, it was so wonderful. While these were bright spots in the pandemic, we missed the presence of our community. And so today, we want to present these little ones to you and invite you to celebrate their arrival and the commitment that their parents have made to follow Jesus and raise their children in this community. Here they are to introduce themselves. Hi, we're the Saib family. I'm Michael and this is my wife Tamara and our children Caden and Ella. Ella was born on March 28, 2019, and we have her <laughs> at Lakeview Church, November 2020. We are the best wife. Hi, everyone. I'm Jacob. This is my wife, Leanne. Zoe, our firstborn, and Abigail. We had Abigail dedicated on no, April 25th. No, and it's yeah, what do you want to say, Zoe? Hi, George. I hope you're having a good time. I love you. Hi, I'm Carly. I'm Tyler. I'm Avery. I'm Jacob. And this is Luca. And Pace. And Luca and Pace were born on December 30th, and they got baptized on May 10th. Hi, we're the Duicks. I'm Jessica, and this is my husband, Shane, and our four kids, Jane, Jordan, Kate, and Lucy. Lucy was born on May 20th of 2020, and we had her dedicated on May 2nd by my mom, Pastor Nancy LaRosse. Hi, we're the Wilkinson family. Um, my name is Ryan. My name's Logan. My name's Anna. I'm Christine. Hi. And we got Greta yeah. baptized at Lakeview Church on May 2nd, 2021. Hi there, we're the Rhymers. We're the Rhymers. My name's Natalie. Ah. My name's My name's Mike. And this is Harriet. And we had uh, Harriet baptized on April 25th. Yeah! <laughs> Hi, we're the Brant family. I'm Sarah. I'm Sean. Hi, I'm Declan. Hi, I'm Cohen. And this is Ike. Ike was born on March 1st of 2021, and we decided to dedicate him at Lakeview Church on May 2nd. Bye! Bye! Bye. Bye. Hi, we're the singers. My name's Layton. This is my wife, Lindsay. And our children, Nora and Wyatt. Nora was born April 14th, 2018. And Wyatt was born September 29th, 2019. They were dedicated November 29th, 2020. I've also invited my friends, Christine and Ryan Wilkinson, to share a little bit more of their experience baptizing their baby, Greta. Hi Lakeview, we are uh, Ryan and Christine Wilkinson. Uh, COVID's been actually been quite good for our family. Over the last handful of years, we have actually built some new influences in our lives that, you know, helped us guide us through these times. And we had obviously a new baby girl yeah. and we bought a new house and yeah, it's just been a great year. Uh, we baptized our, our daughter Greta into Lakeview Church because we believe as a family that leading by example in faith through what, what our actions are 
are the strongholds of what you know builds a strong child. So we had a great experience mm -hmm. baptizing uh, Greta in the you know in COVID times, and we've had other experiences. We had two kids baptized in the Catholic Church, and that was a lot different. And then our June was baptized here three years ago, and we just really appreciated the time that Nancy and Darlene and Allison and everybody took to make it personalized. So one thing that was really special about the baptism was we were able to baptize Greta in a little knit outfit that my Oma, who's 94 years old and still with us today, um, knit for me when I was a baby and I was baptized in. And we've been able to baptize all four of our children in it. And my Oma is a big influence in my life in regards to uh, faith and God. And she is, you know, somebody who lives her faith. And she um, loves people, values people. Kids that I grew up with still call her Oma. They know who she is and, and they haven't seen her for years. And so she just leaves an impact on people and that's because she lives her faith. Yeah, I mean, uh, we are excited to, um, obviously we had a new baby girl come into our life and we were excited to get her baptized at Lakeview Church. And there was different kind of circumstances this year with obviously our family was brought in and it was a lot smaller group, but we were really appreciative of that because it brought a lot of our family together. Um, we're excited to see Greta grow in the church. We recognize that it's been a hard year for a lot of people during COVID, but it's still a reason to celebrate. Worship has unique challenges during a pandemic. Part of the beauty of worship is that we are gathered and experiencing the presence of God together. There's a special significance to being together in a physical space that just can't be imitated or captured online. But God is good and worship is still happening as we do our best to tune our hearts to God in the moments we have virtually, whether it's gathering together on Sundays online or as we sing our hearts out in front of the camera. God is still forming people through worship. And here's a story from Josie, a member of our worship team, about how worship has shaped her and how it's brought her into community, even in this time of separation. My name is Josie Cornelson. I am um, the daughter of Darlene Clausen, which I like to kind of introduce myself as because it's always received so warmly. Um, we have been at Lakeview Church for just over two years now. To give a COVID update is kind of a funny thing because I feel like we all have some of the same answers. It's been hard for a lot of reasons. There have been things we've learned for a lot of reasons. When I think about worship as a significant part of my life, I think about it first in a, uh, a corporate setting. I think about the beauty of voices all singing together. I think about how um, there have been many times in my life where I have come to a worship through music setting and been unable to sing. And one of the most profound experiences in my life in those scenarios is when you stand with a body of believers and when you can't sing, others around you can. When Jesus comes and he's speaking and there's a huge crowd that's surrounding him, he's in this room and there's people everywhere and this group of people brings their friend who's paralyzed. They can't get through, they can't help him. He can't help himself get to Jesus. He needs his friends to bring him there. When I think about leading worship, I often view um, the role of worship leaders to bring people into that room. And one of the challenges for me in a COVID reality in terms of worship is what does it look like when we're stuck without having those around us to sing for us? While I may not be able to hear the voice of our corporate worship, or I may not be able to stand with a congregation and hear your voices singing alongside of mine, what I have been able to hear as we sit on the couch as a family, as we participate in online services, is one voice, and that would be my daughter singing. And she sits on my lap next to me and she sings. And one of the beautiful expressions of worship that I've learned over this last year of COVID worship reality is what it looks like to worship with my kids. As I think through the challenges of this year, as I think through the learning and the growing that has happened as we learn to worship with small um, moments of family instead of larger expression of corporate worship, I feel encouraged that though it's been a hard year, there are still reasons to celebrate. Our rhythms of living have been completely altered this year. And many of us are wondering, how is this gonna change us in the future? Will we ever hug one another comfortably again? Will we all be working from home forever? Will everyone flock back to big concerts? Or are we gonna remain hesitant? In the middle of all these changes, we have become more aware of how our rhythms of life shape us. 
that what we do with our time, energy, and resources now shapes our future selves. And so this year, we have focused on spiritual disciplines, recognizing that even though control has been wrested from us on many fronts in our lives, we still have the capacity to cooperate with God's work in us and in the world through intentional practices like prayer, Bible reading, and generosity. We can't control what happens out there, but we can intentionally set ourselves up to be open to grace. Many of you have learned new rhythms that have helped you encounter God in new and life-giving ways. I've invited my friend Denise to share her story of learning to pray through this strange season. Hi, I'm Denise Anderson and I've been attending Lakeview since probably the fall of 2015. Uh, COVID has been both extremely difficult and as well a blessing. Pre-COVID, I was not committed to any type of prayers and uh, at Christmas time, my daughter Nicole gave me a set of prayer beads. Uh, she made them with my granddaughter Penny. And I knew a little bit about prayer beads, but not a lot. I researched it and I found a prayer that I thought could I could work with and maybe learn it. So it took weeks and weeks and weeks for me to memorize the lines. There was 11 lines in the uh, seven, four, 11 beads. But I repeated those lines till I finally got to the point where I could memorize them and say them with my eyes closed. Be the eye of God that dwells on me, the foot of Christ in guidance with me, the showering of the Spirit pouring over me richly and abundantly. I bow before the Father who made me. I bow before the Son who saved me. I bow before the Spirit who guides me in love and adoration. I praise the name of the One on high. I bow to the sacred three, the everyone, the Trinity. Now when I wake up, the first thing I think about is getting out of bed really early so that I can have my quiet time in prayer with God and I read from two daily devotional books and uh, I'm currently reading a psalm every day. Some days I look that psalm up under BibleStudies.org which is a really good website and it breaks down every single line of a psalm and at the end it gives a little bit of a summary so that's really helped me to understand some of the psalms and what was the meaning behind them. It's been a really hard year, but there's still so much to celebrate. Thanks, Denise. When I heard your story, I was totally inspired to dig in again and be intentional about prayer. And I hope you inspire our whole community in the same way. Now, mostly we've been wrestling with how to include these practices in our personal, individual lives, but we've also been doing these practices as a community. We've continued to meet every Sunday in our online services. We held an Ash Wednesday service via Zoom and 80 people attended. It was awesome. One bright spot in COVID has been the way we've been able to explore these new ways of being together. We've also had regular times of prayer as a community. We've held an evening of prayer several times over the last few months and I've invited a couple of my friends, Doug and Lucille Isley, who attended those evenings of prayer to come and tell us why this has been an important time for them. Hey, I'm Lucille Isley. And I'm Doug Isley, and we've been going to Lakeview Church now for about seven years. COVID, yeah, we've gotten through it. And uh, through all the things, we've managed to attend church <laughs> just in a different way. And, and that's been uh, pretty special for us too. Prayer has, has become an integral part of our relationship. We, we kind of look at uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, and it says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And if we follow that model, we're very comfortable in that model, and we, we really enjoy our prayer time together. So when we received the email about an evening of prayer, we were we were excited, but we were also wondering, like, what's this going to be? I mean, we've been at evenings of prayer before at Lakeview Church where we gather together as a group. But as we went through it and discovered what the evening of prayer was going to be about, we realized this is for everybody. This had so many different ways to pray. 
Uh, it, there was a spot for children, a spot for families. We prayed for a lot of different things through that time, and it was just a really special evening for us. We were, we were to write a word on, on underneath our shoe to do our walk, and then that's what we prayed for. And that, to me, that was super cool. I, I just really, really enjoyed that. Yeah, it was good, really good. Yeah, we hope that, that more and more people will get involved in evenings of prayer. It's just been a blessing for us. It's, it's been, been a hard year, year but, but there's, there's still, still reasons, reasons to, to celebrate. celebrate. Young adults have been navigating the pandemic while they live through some of the most foundational years of their lives. They're planning for their futures without having a clear view of what the future will even look like. They've been online for schooling, trying to find jobs, getting engaged, graduating and settling into careers, attempting to launch their lives without really knowing what life will look like month to month. But in the middle of these uncertainties, we've seen amazing faithfulness and initiative displayed in the lives of our young adults. A group of young women decided last year that they wouldn't wait for someone to take responsibility for their community or their formation. Aurora is one of the young women who initiated Women Inspiring Women, and I've invited her to share a little part of their story. Welcome, Aurora. Hi, my name is Aurora Herman, and I am a teacher and young adult in the Lakeview community. Prior to COVID, our home church was meeting every week, and we also had lots of social gatherings where we would do clothing swaps and just hang out as a community. We were really close. When COVID hit last March, it was really hard on a lot of us. Many of us were in university. I was just finishing up my degree to become a teacher. Um, others were still in the thick of it, taking online classes. Online classes are hard because you only get to see the people on a screen and you don't actually really get to interact or have conversations with your peers. For our home church, we recognized right away that we were starved for human interaction. We decided to jump in and continue home church online as soon as possible. We also started meeting in the evenings when we were free doing workouts and just generally hanging out. One of the girls mentioned that she had taken up a new hobby, as many people had at the beginning of COVID. Uh, she decided to start planting a garden and recognized that by the end of fall, she was going to have way too much produce to actually eat. Somehow that conversation ended in a conversation about all the awesome women that we have in our community that are older and wiser than all of us. So we actually decided to reach out and have a masterclass series with all of those women that were already kind of mentoring us, but to have it in a collective home church setting. We jumped in right away and made a list of all the women that were already in our lives mentoring us. Each of us took three women that we wanted to contact and Sabrina Lemke jumped in and she made a, a whole schedule for everyone and she was the one that was fielding emails. She did all the behind the scenes work, which I'm so grateful to. A few examples of the guests we have would be Darlene Clausen or Nancy LaRosse, who are on staff at Lakeview. We also had Charplet teach us how to make cream puffs, which was one of my personal favorites. They were delicious. I feel like I learned so much from the women in our community and we grew together as a home church. It was awesome. Thanks, Aurora. You're amazing. I've also invited one of the guest speakers to share her experience. My name is Miriam Yula, and I was honored to be invited as one of the speakers for the Young Adult Women. So the Young Adult Women asked me to share about something that was near and dear to my heart, um, and I chose to speak about the Enneagram. It was, it was really great. It was just a short, I think, 90-minute session that they structured. Um, they came prepared, having already done some reading and had some questions. They were very organized, and we had a great time of learning uh, about this system. One of the things that I wished I had really known when I was a young adult was kind of how to make sense of myself and others, how we're all different, but really it was it was just a pleasure and a joy to be part of this group. It was inspiring to be uh, in the discussion and um, yeah, it just felt so good to, to be together when we can't be together. It's been a really hard year, but there are still reasons to celebrate. So now we're going to move into our time of prayer. If you'll remember, way back when we met together, we used to pray together, and we're going to continue that tradition as a community. You might also remember 
that together, when we prayed in September, we started a new little thing where we'd say together, do you remember? Lord, hear our prayer. So as we pray together this morning, we're going to end each of our silent sessions together with those words, Lord, hear our prayer. Let's pray together. God, this year has been a year of uncertainty. And as a community, we are entering another season of uncertainty. But we worship you, and you are faithful. Not predictable, but faithful. And so this morning, we bring before you all that we are carrying with us, the joy and the disappointment, and we open it up to you. We quiet ourselves in your presence because while we don't know the future, you do. Together. Lord, hear our prayer. We are keeping our eyes on you this morning, God. We are alert to signs of your presence. We take time to celebrate, to thank you for all of the ways that you have been present to us through this year. Thank you for sustaining us. Thank you for sending surprises our way. Thank you for revealing to us what is really important. Thank you for the strength and flexibility of staff and volunteers. Thank you for this community who you have brought together by your spirit. Thank you for the new and old faces that have joined in on what you are doing. We take a moment to thank you for your faithfulness, for all of the reasons that we have to celebrate. Together, Lord, hear our prayer. We remember, God, what you have done for us in the past. You remember your covenant for a thousand generations, and you will remember us. Thank you for Joe and his family. Thank you for their faithfulness and hard work on our behalf for these last eight years. And thank you for the part that they have played in the last 100 years of our history. We are so grateful that we got to be a part of this chapter. You are always good, always faithful. And as we recall the ways that you have led us through difficult chapters in the past, would you settle us in your love and energize us with your courage? together. Lord, hear our prayer. Thank you, God, that there is more to be written and that you invite us to be a part of that chapter too. Thank you that we can trust you to guide and direct us and that in 50 years, we will look back on this chapter and we will see the signs of your faithfulness. We ask for your guidance and for your direction and we open ourselves up to your unpredictable, surprising faithfulness. We pray this all together saying, Lord, hear our prayer. Amen.
let's continue to celebrate. I welcome you to watch the rest of our video. This past year has been a challenging one for our families. It's been a year like no other. But in the middle of this, we have also experienced community and connection in totally new ways. One of the ways that we've opened up space for this is through our family adventures. We have had so many events. We uh, explored nature at Chappelle Marsh. We stargazed at Shakespeare on the Saskatchewan. We also met to build snow forts on one of the coldest days of the year at the Painted Rock Camp. The Pankos have shown up in almost every single one of our family adventures. And so we want them to give you a glimpse of what our family adventures were like. My name is Dachiana Panko. My name is Diora. My name is Charmaine Panko. So COVID has been very long and probably what has been the most difficult is actually just not being able to come to church because Sunday mornings are an exciting time with hot breakfast and getting everybody up and out the door and coming. It's just been a routine in our life for so long that it was hard missing it. Some things that have been really cool about COVID is just the ability to figure out how to stay connected in other ways and of course in particular Zoom and though I feel like I spend far too much time on Zoom at least that's been an option. Also I found that with COVID there wasn't since there wasn't much to do uh, I seemed to be a lot more productive with uh, my time so I because I just had more free time to like do things like that. I've never like wrote in a schedule, but like for some reason today I wrote a random schedule. Better late than never. That's great. COVID's coming to an end, but you got that <laughs> schedule locked in. Outdoor adventure is just, it's just like just being outdoors and just adventuring. The first ones I thought were really cool, like with the scavenger hunts and stuff, because what we do is, um, I do figure skating, so all the time it was like after my figure skating and we'd like we'd like switch between the other adult kids to take us there um yeah i think that it's really awesome that uh lakeview church thought of that as a way to try to keep kids connected to each other and to the church uh, because the whole watching things on video it's just not quite the same for children it's, it's been, been a hard year, year for, for a lot of people this last year. It's been a hard year for a lot of people, but there's still reasons to celebrate. It's been a difficult year to navigate for all of us. As a staff, it's taken a lot of energy to change direction over and over as protocols have shifted. It's been hard to stay connected to our community when everyone is scattered. Pulling in the same direction has been challenging, but we've had help doing this. In fact, we've had a group of volunteers doing a lot of the heavy lifting and keeping our community webbed together and cared for, and those volunteers are our home church leaders. They have been incredibly flexible as they've jumped from meeting in person to online to outside and then on site at Lakeview and back online again. They've continued to check in with one another. They have leaned into learning online and praying for one another. They have gone the extra mile and we could not say enough about the difference they make in the life of this church. Some groups have found Zoom understandably very fatiguing for their groups, but others have found that this offers a lot of benefits. I've invited my friends Mark and Marilyn Jacobson to share about navigating Zoom and finding creative ways to stay connected with their home church during the pandemic. I'm Marilyn Jacobson and this is my husband Mark. We are one of the couples who leads a small group uh, that's been meeting together for a few years now. Before COVID, we met um, every other week and we were in each other's homes and we enjoyed the uh, intimacy, the coziness of meeting in each other's homes and sharing food and getting to know each other and studying the, um, the sermon-based series. 
Well, how did COVID affect us individually? Well, as a, as a couple, we're retired, so uh, probably affected us less than most people. We didn't have kids to worry about getting educated. They didn't have employees to worry about. It did impact our home church, though, in that uh, we couldn't meet in, in homes any longer. And uh, we met in the, in the church here in a room uh, three or four times, I think. But with social distancing and masking, uh, it took off uh, it took off the comfortableness, I guess, and it didn't work really well. So we decided as a group to uh, to do the virtual meeting thing. But not everyone was completely wholehearted about the idea. Yet, as we um, continued to meet together, and we kind of developed a rhythm in our meetings. Um, we began to notice that our sharing became even a little more meaningful. The other thing that our group decided to try was to set up a WhatsApp account. We shared all kinds of things through WhatsApp, things like prayer requests and um, uh, authors of good reads, uh, encouragement with each other. It was a real link for us between Zoom meetings. Um, attendance at our home church meetings actually became better than it was meeting in homes. People were less willing to skip the meeting after on Zoom than they were when we were in person. So now uh, we grew into it. Uh, home church has evolved over time. Uh, there have been different styles of uh, lessons and learning. The people have always been the highlight sharing needs, meeting each other's needs, encouraging one another. This year, COVID has been hard, but there are still so many things that we can celebrate. One of the biggest losses this year was the loss of meeting together on Sundays to worship. This loss reminds us that we can't just download our spirituality. We need to experience it in person with others. We're thankful for that lesson. But we're also thankful for all the ways that God has shown up in the limitations of the pandemic to help us experience community in new ways. One of those ways was through our Zoom party on Sunday mornings after our live online service. For those who weren't able to join us, the Zoom party stood in for our foyer after the service. We discussed the teaching from the online gathering, took questions in the chat, and then spotlighted a member of our community. It was a way for us to stay connected through this time of disconnection. To celebrate this win for our community, I invited a few of the people who are regulars at our Zoom party to share their experience with us. And of course, we're Zooming it. Hi, I'm Jared Siebert, and I've been going to Lakeview for about 10 years. Hi, I'm Kimball McMillan, and I've been going to Lakeview for four years. Sure, we'll say four years. Hi, I'm Gina Kanji and we've been attending five years. And uh, hi, I'm Fred Kanje, and I've been going for four years, but then I took a break and did actually three years before that, so both seven years. So, first question, uh, why don't you guys tell us what you've missed about gathering together on Sunday mornings in person? Well, I'm an extreme extrovert, so being in large gatherings of people is my thing, so I miss that about it, but uh, there's something different about hearing sermons live. Um, I also miss the communal worship and singing together with other people. Um, you know, just seeing everybody. Yeah. What about the Zoom after party kept you coming back? What did you gain that you perhaps didn't get on a regular Sunday through the after party? It's nice to be able to sit with the ideas that were presented to us a little bit longer and um discuss it and like the ability for people to ask for clarification and ask questions um was really helpful and also that people would bring their own experiences it's just like with relationships or work or different aspects of life to the topic of that day was also really great like it just it made it, it brought it, it brought it deeper and made it more memorable and then you also sort of get to know this presenter a bit more because they present more of their personal story and their struggle and also the resources that they've used to actually present the teaching that's so like yeah you really need this book that was really good for me in this situation and also the community could involve by sharing their resources too so um i i do like it better because of that
I might add that, you know, I've been on both sides of the, the, the after party and as a speaker or a presenter, uh, I, I really resonate with what Fred just said that um, in the community of the people of God, the spirit speaks to more than just a preacher, it speaks to all kinds of people. And so I've always benefited from not just the questions, but the observations that people have about the passage that, that I, I handled. And um, yeah, I just found that so helpful as as a teacher, uh, because then then we get to go deeper and and uh, and it, people add new dimensions that I never would have thought of. So we know it's been a hard year, but there are still reasons to celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> An important and exciting thing that happens when you become a youth is that you start to venture out into the world without your family. The church is meant to be a safe place where a community cooperates with our families to create spaces for students to engage in God's story and cultivate community on their own. In youth, we've had to press pause on things like rolling yams across the floor with our noses and piles and piles of bags of mini Doritos and some of the other things that bring life to our gatherings. But we have found ways to stay connected throughout the year. We've seen the goodness of God sustain us as we've gathered on Zoom to chat about mental health, cancel culture, and big questions about who God is. We've also had our groups do spa nights, baking, online gaming, and just about every other activity you could imagine to do virtually. One thing that was super fun was Stuff in a Box. Stuff in a Box was created to help us stay connected beyond the world of Zoom calls for our youth community. It was a way to give students resources to engage further in God's story through prayer prompts, devotionals, and cultivate community by getting together online to make stress balls and plant seeds, among other things. I've invited my friends the Stecklers here to share with us their experience about a particular Stuff in a Box activity that resonated with their family. Uh, my name's Sheila Steckler. Um, this is Nolan, my son, who uh, was starting youth this year, or supposed to start youth this year. Um, but we we couldn't do it because of COVID. Uh, yeah, I was looking forward to, I mean, I only saw the youth room once, but it looked pretty cool. So I was looking forward to doing stuff in there. Uh, we were excited for him to start youth. We weren't really sure what to expect. He's our oldest, so we hadn't had anybody go through youth before um, and then when they started the online stuff kind of got involved with that and the the meetups and stuff seemed to really like and then they had this cool idea of stuff in a box uh yes there's this box of stuff so yeah when i signed on to the zoom meeting to make it it was pretty fun so then i thought my family will probably like this. Yeah, so he got these, once he did it on the Zoom call, he got these kits ready for us to do as a family. And we like had a lot of fun going through and thinking about things that, um, yeah, are important for mental health, thinking about good memories, thinking about things that COVID didn't take away from us. Yeah, it was really fun to do with my youth group because we all got to hear about each other's mistakes and how they, failed epically at trying to make these things uh, and yeah it was fun to get it ready to um, for my family and do it with them. Uh, COVID was a hard year with some challenges in it uh, but there's still things to celebrate. Hi Lakeview my name is Lynn and I'm part of Hands at Work in Africa and as many of you already know, Hands at Work is the movement happening in Africa that's bringing church communities from around the world, like Lakeview, into relationship with indigenous church communities in some of Africa's most vulnerable villages. And Lakeview's been such a huge part of this for almost a decade now, investing mostly into a, a community in Zambia called Mulenga. Every year, Lakeview sends funds and sends people there to serve, um, my friend, Mary Stewart, is a lake viewer who's taken a lead role in our partnership there in Mulanga, Zambia. And I've invited her to give us an update on what's been happening there recently. Hi, my name is Mary Stewart. I've been part of Hands at Work since 2015 when I went on a team to Mulanga with other people from Lakeview. We've seen over the last several years that 
Poverty across the globe has decreased, but actually when you look at the communities that we're supporting in Africa, poverty has increased there. And I think we have resources and gifts that we've been given here that can we can share with them there. In March of 2020, we had planned to send a team from Lakeview to visit Mulanga. Because of COVID, that was unfortunately cancelled. But there were still ways that we could connect with Mulanga. Because we are set up as a global organization, um, we have to connect virtually all the time so we could still get updates from each other and hear what was going on with them. As Hands at Work, we provide uh, three essential services to our communities. That is through education, food and basic health care and we saw effects in all three of those areas. First one with education is similar to here schools were shut down um, but their schools were shut down for almost the whole school year so kids did not have that um, stable schedule to go through every day in a safe place to be. In the second part with food, uh, thankfully Hands at Work was classified as a essential service provider so we were still able to feed our kids daily. It just looked a little bit different having to do social distancing so fewer kids at the care point at a time and just not the same interaction that we used to do. And then for um, basic health care, with the borders closing between countries multiple times between or during the pandemic, they weren't able to get medical supplies. So we heard stories of kids really sick with malaria who made it to the clinic, which is um, kind of a miracle in itself to make it to the clinic. But once they got there, there was no medication to provide for them. There are some good things that happened though during the pandemic. Uh, we saw, we heard stories of our youth, uh, some of the older kids at our care points who really stepped up and wanted to help. They were there every day helping the care workers to cook, clean, to help with the younger children. And actually the care workers had to shoo them away at the end of the day as they had been there the whole day. As you can imagine, the pandemic had a big impact on us here and it also had a big impact on the communities we serve in Africa. Um, as we've shared before, we were able to finish a big project in 2020 in Mulanga, the building of the Life Centre. This project had been in the plans for many years but hit many roadblocks over the years through um, with issues with getting the land secured, with building permits and with getting building materials. But in October of 2020, this was finally completed. With the new Life Centre, we're able to have a big open spot for people to be that has indoor and outdoor space for our, our kids and our care workers to work in. And this project was made possible because of donations from Lakeview. So thank you Lakeview for your faithful giving. It's been a challenging year around the world, but there are still reasons to celebrate. Thanks, Mary Stewart. Another outcome of Lakeview's investment into Zambia is actually improving the lives of vulnerable families here in Saskatoon. Many of you have heard of Sons and Daughters, which is bringing Saskatoon church communities into relationship with children and families in our local child welfare and foster care system. And it was started with people returning from that work in Zambia and replicating the same model here in Saskatoon. I think we can all relate, like at least a little, to the fact that it has been a tough year for families. And so we can imagine how extra tough it's been for vulnerable families. That has made for a really hard environment. And so we saw the rates of breakdowns and apprehension of children going way up. And we have more kids in government care today now more than ever before. And the newest statistics show us that there's not been enough families to take those children in. And so many of them are being put into institutional group homes. This is not a good environment for kids. And the sons and daughters dream is to be part of seeing this change by stirring men, women, families from Saskatoon churches to personally build relationships with families. Well, you can imagine this wasn't an easy year to live that dream out either. We couldn't gather our people together and our volunteers going out to pursue and visit people were so limited by all the distancing and indoor visit guidelines. We had people <laughs> bundled up like marshmallows out in the cold so they could stand outside and visit through open screen windows to encourage really isolated moms. Others had to do a crash course in CERB repayment guidelines and government office advocacy to keep reconciling moms and babies out of the streets. And there were lots and lots of baskets delivered, especially to families led by grandparents who sometimes were afraid to even go out on their own. It wasn't easy for us, but I think we grew in having our commitment tested and being forced to learn new ways to care. 
God definitely wants to care for the hurting and to bind up the brokenhearted. And when we're in situations where we're limited and we just can't do it, we can ask Him and trust Him to do it. And we also want to say to you, Lakeview, thank you. Thanks for being generous and for joining in this mission. It has made an impact. And we actually have just a short little clip of what the celebration of the opening of that center in Mulenga, Zambia looked like. Here it is. Enjoy. those stories can I just say one last thing to you before we close up this morning the next time someone says to you that we've lost a year that nothing good has happened and it was 2020 was terrible well there were there terrible parts yes but God is actively at work and lots of good things happened in and through our community and that is something to celebrate so with all of that in mind, a few, few last things before we dismiss here this morning. Thank you to everyone who has continued to give so faithfully. We ask that you would continue to do so in the usual ways, which is either online or at the terminal in the lobby. Also coming up on June the 21st is the Rock Your Roots Walk. That is National Ind Indigenous Peoples Day across Canada every year. We're gonna participate and celebrate as, as Lakeview Church. If you're interested in that, you wanna be a part of it, there's been some changes this year. Email Allison at allison at lakeviewchurch.com and she will set you up and give you everything you need to know. Also next week, we're, we're gonna be celebrating the final service, a farewell service for Pastor Nancy LaRosse, who's been a fantastic kids pastor here for upwards of 16 years. We are so thankful for her and we're gonna celebrate her next week. And last but not least, we're gonna ask you to get out of here in a moment because we gotta to transition to the next service and not meet us in the lobby. Why don't you meet us outside of the apron and pastors will be there to say hello, including myself, and have a chance to see you as the next group comes in and then last but not least what I got one more thing to say what you, you know what it is yeah you know what it is right well love God love others and tell God's story God bless you Lakeview Church have a fantastic week and we'll meet you outside on the apron see ya